We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Ever wonder what it takes to build a brand or more than one? Let's find out. Shut up and sit down. Business Bros! Business Bros is your show where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Sias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and Jane Sias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Oh, ready to rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen. I, I got to be honest, though, man. I'm still going to miss the old uh, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> I'm, I know, I'm, I know. I, it, we're, we're rewriting the intro now that we can do video, by the way, Sean. Have you been using StreamYard at all? I have not, but that was a badass intro. I'm not going to lie. So we're rewriting it to just shrink it up just a little bit because it's kind of heavy on the on the uh, it, it's what normally would go in just the audio version, right? But okay. now since we are able to do this whole video thing, plop that in there. But I feel it's a little long, so we're shortening it. So I'll make sure James to add uh-huh. it so that we can still do the business, bros. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. I love the business, bros. Is that <laughs> I love yeah. that? I, I've been watching you guys and seeing you do that. I think that's a. Uh, Nice it's little sig- signature. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it opens people up. It, it makes people a little bit more comfortable when they uh, come into the studio, you know, uh, especially when, when we were doing it over there in the studio. You know, people come in, they're, they're a little bit nervous, you know, they've never been on a podcast before or whatever. And then we open it up with, welcome to another episode of Business Press. And everybody's like, oh, okay. It's, it's like that. All right, cool. Plus ready. call sign when we go out now. <laughs> That's true. All right, well, I love it. Get, I love it. Let's get into the program today. Sean Lowry, tell me a little bit about Lowry Brands. Where'd you come from? How'd you build this thing? Okay. All right. Yeah, my name's Sean Lowry. I uh, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. But five years ago, I started my business in my mom's basement outside of Philadelphia. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. I graduated college and I just quit my job. I walked out of there. I had a coffee on the desk on a Monday morning and I quit and I was like, I just need to start my own business. I always had the urge to do it and I had no idea what to do. So in my mom's basement, I just got a t-shirt press and then things led to other things, led to other things. My girlfriend, now fiance, got involved and we found uh, monograms, which in the South is like a, a fashion staple. It's like on your left chest, girls get their initials on things. And we found this amazing niche just by people asking about it and my girlfriend convinced me to get this little $500 embroidery machine. And now uh, our main brand, our main business is United Monograms. We have three e-commerce brands, but this one, United Monograms, has really taken over. It's gotten huge. We found a great niche. Uh, our sales are like going great right now because I think everyone is at home shopping. And I never thought, I always make fun of myself that I am uh, like selling girls clothing. And it's fun. It's fun. I think it's funny. Sometimes I'm the most of the time I'm the one who will be like writing an ad or writing some copy, and I'll be like, "You look great in this cute pink uh, monogram T-shirt." And 
it actually works great because I don't I, I get to be a little I don't, I don't know how old you are. I'm but, I just turned 30. Okay, okay. So maybe maybe a, a little too young, but it kind of reminds me of the whole Al Bundy thing. Like <laughs> I, I sell women's shoes, like dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know about the Al Bundy thing. I know the name, but uh <laughs> yeah, I just it's I make fun of myself, but it, it works because uh I don't have to worry about like the fashion and the style. I have my uh girlfriend for that and the rest of my team now, but I get to look at things with like a non-biased business perspective and just like sell what works. And I'll be like, we need more uh like coffee long sleeve shirts like i like you know i just kind of like look at what's selling look at what our customers like so i love it and it's a great it's a great niche and people who do you guys know about monograms you are, are you familiar with them i've never heard of that dude never it's, heard of that i mean I, I don't really shop for women's clothing in, right, in, in right. Own right anyways but you guys are in you guys are in san diego southern Correct. california right san so diego. it's crazy it is crazy how when on Google Analytics, when uh, you have people shopping on your site, there's have like a map of the country and they have little orange dots where all the shoppers are shopping. And our orange dots are always all around like the southern states. I mean, I'm from Philadelphia. I'm like a, a northerner. And uh, we actually moved here to Charleston, South Carolina, because just kind of authenticity for the brand. But it's it's a very like built into like a southern like trend and we never even knew about it uh like in college or anything like that but we just came across this niche and it's huge and we have we have we have thousands and thousands and thousands of customers who have placed three four five orders with us which is a great niche because if they like their products and they like one thing if they like a bag they like a hat they're gonna like a shirt and if they like getting things monogrammed they keep coming back to us for more stuff so took a while to find this niche and it was we kind of fell upon it but once we discovered it we just kind of attacked it and now the business is is going great so it's funny how we got here but uh yeah i found a great niche tell me a little bit about that that little struggle i always like to hear that where you overcame because you know the success always looks cool when you're looking up at the top nobody ever sees that that climb that you're going on you know what i mean like that struggle when you first got that first embroidery machine and it was just you and the girlfriend coming up with some concept i mean what kind of struggles did you guys go through at that so my first struggle, I, I've had two like major struggles in the um, in my six year stint. I like to say that it all has gone perfectly, but that is absolutely not the case. So the first the first one was even before my girlfriend got involved. It was just me and my one buddy, and we got this screen printing equipment, and and, and it was in my mom's basement. And my mom lives in, like a townhouse, and we should not have <laughs> this equipment down there. But it was it was just the cheap equipment, and we were so excited, and we went back to like our college fraternity and some uh, like friends and family. And we're like, Hey, do you guys need shirts? We'll make them for you. And we were so excited to make them. And the first three jobs that we had, uh, we, 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 we gave them the shirts. We got money. We were so excited. And every single shirt uh, came out in the wash that people washed them one, one time. And, and the whole print like came off the shirt and we didn't really have the money to refund them because we had just like, you know, got a credit card to open this business and it was so embarrassing that i'll never forget that like feeling of embarrassment I, it's actually uh, a great thing to feel early on because now i can kind of uh you know get over that feeling of like embarrassment or uncomfort of being uncomfortable but that whole business though it, that was like a screen printing business that went on for like six months it was a disaster like i, I used my hustle to get some good jobs and we got some jobs but every single job we had we have a story about how it went terribly wrong 
but those those are kind of those those staples in your history, right? Like those stories are the ones that kind of those are your war wounds, right? You're Absolutely. taking them with you and you're never going to learn and never going to forget those things. And you're always going to reflect back and share like, dude, when, when you sell a product that when you throw in the washer goes away, <laughs> like how does that affect your brand? How, how do you even get the goal to go out and look for another customer? Uh, if you have, you know, you know what I mean? If you have that reputation already, like don't buy from that guy, his, his ink comes off his shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a reason that business didn't go great, but I still, when I still pushed it for a little bit longer, uh, I just made sure that they didn't know the same people to ask for references because <laughs> if they would have known. So I just had to just, you know, I had to figure out the problem. We got a, a different dryer. Uh, I think the next couple of jobs did a little better, but then people started asking for harder stuff. Anyway, the whole business was a disaster and I learned from it. And the cool part is, is that then I learned how to sell products online. I actually, I'm a fan of Notre Dame football. Uh, I didn't go there or anything. It's just my grandpa told me to like him growing up. And I made this Twitter account and it, and it grew to like 60,000 followers. And I tweeted on game days. And this is while I was struggling with my business. And then the next thing I did was I, I made a little e-commerce website and I started selling t-shirts to this audience that I built up. And that is when, now that I couldn't, that was copyright infringement and that got shut down. <laughs> but that, so that was over two with my businesses. But uh, what I learned there is that I love selling products online and I really got into e-commerce at that point. And uh, I got really excited about that. And the reason I sold shirts was because I had this equipment. So it was something completely different, but I built on uh, the, the t-shirt thing. And then I, and then I, and then I built on it by selling products online to this built, this uh, customer base I built, but then that got shut down. So then a couple of little uh, businesses later is when the monogram thing started. And uh, so that, that picked up, that started going great. And about, then we, uh, we moved from Philadelphia down to Charleston. We had about our first couple employees. So three years ago, we had about 12 employees and business was going great. And we hired people and we had so many sales throughout the holidays that we wanted to keep the sales going into January and February. So I jacked up the Facebook ads and we kept having a lot of sales come in. I thought everything was going great. And over a couple months, everything crashed on me because I was spending too much money on the Facebook ads to keep the orders coming in, to keep my uh, employees busy because I promised them that we would have work for them and we'd keep the business growing. Turns out I was just losing money. I was just losing money month after month. And I saw it on the bottom line and I was, I was trying to justify with myself. I was like, well, we're getting new email addresses and we're getting new customers and we have revenue. But I was an absolute idiot, and the business crashed into the ground. And Sean, so was, I love yeah. you, man. Like, like <laughs> you, you've gone through every single possible mistake out there. That's that's. It's so much reminds me of my own history. Like, you know, not not really looking at what's going on and just kind of throwing your your head in the sand. Like, I mean, you went from from your ink running to getting tagged for selling copyright material yeah, yeah. to now you got something where your business is finally growing. You got a product that's selling, but holy crap, you're not paying attention to seasonal uh, trend yeah, right. and you're trying to stay afloat, you know, by, by overspending and not looking at that, you know, return on investment. Like every single one of these lessons people go through all the time. Like this yeah. is not unique to you yeah, or not yeah. unique to me. This is something that this is the learning curve. This is all the little hurdles that happen 
in business. And any one of those could be the point at which you snap and you walk away. Exactly. And, and that's the key. Going. That's the key. And, and, and when, when this was happening, this, this big failure, I, it got ugly. I was like, I had to fire half of my employees. Uh, we were down to like four people. I was like $300,000 in the hole. And I was maxed out on all my credit cards, maxed out on all my suppliers. Uh, it was really ugly. The credit card got denied like uh, when we were going to buy like spaghetti at the grocery store. And we, we had some sales coming in, in the morning. But then by like 11 o'clock, we had like stuff coming out of the account. So I was just trying to like move stuff around and survive. And it was ugly. But when it was happening, I took I took pictures of the business bank accounts at negative money. And uh, me and my fiance, we actually had to sleep at the office and Airbnb out our house for extra money. And I took pictures of us sleeping at the office. And I was like, this is going to be a, a great story that one day I can tell on the Business Bros podcast. <laughs> and it was all about the attitude. It was all about that. I know, I knew by, by like research and reading that I didn't want this to happen by any means, but I know that businesses go through so many struggles and I was like, this is just our struggle and we're going to, and we have to fight and figure this out. And I think anyone like you guys, or I'm sure many of your guests who are successful in business, it's just that attitude of being positive, going forward and, and learning from your, your mistakes, but not, not getting crushed, never getting crushed. That is, that's so important. It's just uh, being resilient and, and it's pro it proven to work out for me because, because now things are back on track again until, I don't know, maybe until my next colossal failure, but hopefully that'll be at a higher level and I don't know. Well, kudos to you, but more so to your fiance, still fiance <laughs> or wife now? Uh, we we're actually supposed to get married two days ago. Oh, but, COVID. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, uh, the coronavirus pushed it back till September, but. Yeah. Well, it bad. is what it is. Well, still, it, it, it she's been around for quite a roller coaster yeah. of emotions. I mean, I, you know, some people are built as entrepreneurs. Some people get thrown into it yeah. and you know, she, you know, you decided that that's it. I'm going to do this and I'm leaving yeah. mom's, mom's kitchen. I'm going to build my own business, but she probably did it. No, I mean, what she, was it like she, she making was a, that sale? She was a kindergarten teacher. And uh, when I started this whole business thing, quit my job, it was her first year of kindergarten. And then in her second year of kindergarten teaching, that's when she started to get involved. So yes, she was not like a, natural entrepreneur and she didn't sign up for this. Uh, she does have a creative side and she's, she's kind of good at marketing and stuff like that. But yes, I definitely just kind of had to have my attitude spread to her and she has been an absolute champ. And now she like helps runs the company. We have 15 employees now. We just hired an operations manager. And uh, yeah, one of, one of her problems now is she's so good at like running the company that we're trying to hire other people to fill in her spots, but she like does so much that we have to take some responsibility off her, but she's an absolute champ and I'm so lucky to have her. And I guess I just kind of uh, just, just pitched her on the positive attitude that going through <laughs> struggles. She didn't really have a choice. She was with me. She liked me and she liked what we were doing. And the, the brand United monograms is girly and, and, and her face is on it. So she's committed to it. Uh, but yeah, she's an absolute champ and we have a, uh, Kind of a rare relationship uh, compared to most couples that we work together we have this business together and we've been through all of these struggles together so we're pretty strong and, and unique and uh she has developed a great stay positive attitude too but yes she's an absolute champ she's still I'm, teaching or did she oh no on? no no she quit the she quit the teaching after the second year to do this full time <laughs> so now it's just you guys doing this 100 so it, uh year six so i'm assuming she got into this year four 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you have multiple brands though. So United, the, the United one is the one that's being most successful. United yes. is the yes. most successful one, but you have other brands out there. Tell me about like, at what point do you decide to, you know, not throw all your eggs in one basket? You kind of went that route with the Facebook ads, but yeah, yeah. you still decide to go on a, a, another brand. So actually it was kind of the reverse. Uh, before the United Monograms brand, we had this, uh, the one that I started was more, it was called United Tees. And I was like 4th of July, tank tops, George Washington, Uncle Sam, red, white, and booze, uh, like, uh, patriotic stuff. And that was what started before she got involved. And that was, uh, going really well for a while. And, uh, and then we started the United Monograms one. And then we started another brand, uh, it was called Felicities. And it was like girly designs that weren't monogrammed because of the United monogram sites, all monograms. So we have these three sites and they're all currently active, but actually it's gone the reverse. We had three and we still technically do, but right now this past year, 95% of our business is the brand United monograms. And ever since we've kind of taken our company's focus and put all the focus on just the United monograms brand, uh, we've actually seen the success skyrocket. So the business is still Lowry Brands and we still have these other brands. And in the future, I I don't I want to be way bigger than just this monogram brand and just this market. And so we have the capability and we have the like areas to uh, to have these other brands. But in the past two years we've really focused on this one brand United Monograms and it's actually been part of our uh, like recent success is just putting all our effort on the one brand. Cause it takes a lot to, ru- to, to run the one brand. And uh, I got to admit, like to run three, four brands really successfully, I haven't absolutely figured out the formula. Uh, when I've reduced all my resources into the one brand, now that one brand is blowing up, I haven't like tried to focus the energy back on the other one. So right now, United Monograms is just like doing so well and all the energy is there that uh, I think it, we're going to, for the rest of the year, just keep focusing on this brand until we start putting uh, resources on our other ones. But it has been an interesting game uh, managing the multiple brands. And the thing that's worked for me is it, for now is, is, is been focusing on the one. So I've learned so far uh, when it comes to business, branding is almost uh a difficult task to do beyond just creating a logo and color scheme, that oh, sort of yeah. stuff. That's, that's the basic beginning part of your brand. Um, for example, with us in the podcast, it's about putting content, valuable content, something that's useful in front of people as often in multiple mediums as many times as we can a day. Right. And so, and so we post, you know, content after content clips after the show, we do the daily podcast, we interview other people, we brand their stuff. And it's just a matter of bringing value. Absolutely. At what point did you decide podcasting was something I need to get into? (laughs) So ever since like we focused on the one brand and things have been going great, like some of my advice that I give on my podcast and stuff is, is in business, it does help to just really focus on one thing and give all your attention to it. And the, I've always wanted to start a podcast. I've always wanted to get out there, talk, meet with people like you guys and talk. I just, I, I'm, my fiance, she's amazing and I'm annoying enough always talking to her. So she, <laughs> like, she likes the fact that I'm just not always talking to her. And honestly, uh, I do it once a week and it just takes some of my attention away. It's kind of like, it's kind of like therapeutic for me to be uh, talking about business, doing the podcast, connecting with other people. It's something that I've always wanted to do. And I'm finally 
ever since I've like hired an operations manager and got and hired some employees where my business is, is I'm not printing all the shirts. I'm not doing all the shipping I, and I'm always doing something. So I've carved out this little extra time to do the podcast and it's been almost therapeutic and enjoyable to connect with new people. And, uh, and it's honestly like, I'm just doing it for fun and to connect with cool people like you guys. So it's been a little extra thing that I've started and, uh, it's, it's for enjoyment and it's for to expand my own knowledge, learn more things about business that I can apply to, apply to my brand. But 90% of my time, 85, 90% of my time is, is on uh, building the business and United monograms. Dude, one of the greatest things that has come out of podcasting for me is meeting new people. Like we do, we do a show every day. Every day we have to have a guest, right? Well, we try to have a guest, but life happens every once in a while. We have, you know, gaps or whatever, but we've gotten to the point where we're pretty much having a guest every single day. And yeah. every single day, that's a potential person that we could do business with, that we can refer business to, that they can refer business to us. Like it's a great, most phenomenal prospecting networking tool that I've ever come across. Like, yeah. I, I don't know about, I mean, you, you, when you talked earlier about hitting the ground pavement and, and like trying, trying to find customers, most people are going to tell you no, <laughs> but you sit down and invite them to be a guest on a podcast. Most people tell you yes. Absolutely. And that's really what you need is to plant the seed of that relationship. After that, it's just a matter of nurturing. Like, you know, it, I, I, I know you do it for fun and to vent, but have you ever considered doing it as a way to reach out to maybe vendors that you want to be working with? So, I mean, yeah, we, we're like B2C and our customers are uh, mostly girls. And we do actually do a weekly show called Live at Lunch with me and my fiance. And we, we broadcast that to our big uh, United Monograms audience. But actually, my operations manager that I just hired, it's someone, it was a big step. It was somebody that I hired to manage all 14, 15 of my like printers, shippers, embroiderers. It was a very big step. And I put the ad out on LinkedIn and the person that I ended up hiring came into the interview and they had, they had heard my podcast. They had seen me post like, uh, like my company meetings and they saw me putting the content out there and they said that attracted them to want to come work for me. So I've only been doing this for like three, four, five, six months, but, uh, that is something that came from it. Uh, a great operations manager who had a lot of experience came to work for me. And I don't think that would have happened if he didn't uh, kind of reach out and learn about me and kind of see me on the podcast. So there's one way that has already benefited me is, is, is attracting talent to work for the company. So it, that is one way that, that it's helped me. And I don't know about the customers as far as uh, United Monograms, but there's one way that uh, I thought was really cool when I, when I thought about it, I was like, Oh, that's super amazing. Like, I mean, that, that think about the person who came that, that person you hired did their research about you before they came to apply. Like they yeah. knew probably more about your business than you maybe <laughs> you even knew about just, just other little inclinations. I'm assuming they they've been in that industry for a while. Right. Well, but tell me a little bit about how you build that audience base, like how do you grow some idea that you have, maybe some sketch that you put out, you embroider, you create this brand. How do you get that out to more people? How do you build an Instagram with 60,000 followers? How do you do that sort yeah. of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we have a, uh, we have 130,000 on Instagram, uh, like 300 something thousand on Facebook. Uh, we have like 300,000 on our email list. So yeah, we definitely have built a great brand and Okay, so one way is that we identified what we sell, which is the monograms, and we understood that there was a great niche there, and that's what I wanted to go into it. So we know that that's there. And then originally, uh, when we first started, Twitter was very popular, and one of the things we did 
was uh, we have one very big competitor and their name is Marley Lilly. And they also sell the same type of products we sell and they have a big audience. So we would just kind of uh, go and see who's following them. And we would be like, okay, these are our target customers. So we would like follow some of those people, start interacting with them. So it was very easy to find our customers on social media because they already like the products that we sell. So we just find them there and there's like a hundred people who liked our competitors most recent post and then uh we reach out to them and contact them and, and and start dming them or following them or commenting on their post and we know that they're very high chance that they will uh follow back and follow us because we know they already like the product so that's one way it's just uh it's just finding the people that you know like your product and then interacting with them on social media and uh i mean another way is just i mean honestly Facebook ads have, have just been so huge for us. Like it's where we spend like all our money uh, for advertising and Facebook owns Instagram too. So every time, uh, you know, someone buys something from our site, uh, one, we get their email and so we get to remarket to them, but then we take our email list and I'm sure if you, you guys know about this, lookalike audiences on Facebook, will take our 300,000, 200,000, even 20,000 people earlier on and we put it into Facebook and then Facebook creates, they take that data from those people, 50,000 people, however many, and they create a lookalike audience. And they just take those 50,000 people and they find 2 million people who fit the same characteristics. So then you can start running ads to that lookalike audience. And we've just kept doing that for year after year after year. And Facebook uh, just keeps finding customers and our, our niche is very clearly defined. So it's just kind of been a snowballing effect. And then of course, caring about our customers, putting out products, putting out uh, new pictures, new uh, new products and new promotions and just building on top of each other and just doing it day after day. And sometimes do I get sick of uh, selling monograms like a little bit, but I just have to I stick with it because I know that this is just going to keep snowballing and keep snowballing. And uh, that's 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 pretty much that's pretty much how we've built it. And, and one of the other keys is that we have someone on our team who uh, goes out and gets pretty girls and once or twice a week just takes pictures with them in our clothing and pictures for selling e-commerce products online. Pictures are so important. It's so funny. We'll have like a product that has like 20 different color options, 20 different shirts. You can buy different colors and the picture will be the girl in like a red shirt. And that's the one that sells. If we have 200 sales. 195 of them are the red shirt. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. So just sticking with the thing that's worked. And that's another one of the reasons, other reasons I want to start a podcast is just because like I've got, I've, I've really got the formula down for this brand and it's nice to do something else once in a while. But I don't know. Does that answer the question? That does. That does. I mean, it, it, it comes down to none of it sounded easy, by the way. I, I mean, wow. it, the the hop online and engage with the audience, that's not easy. That's time consuming. Right. But it makes sense. Right. Why go and shop around and create new clientele when if you define your ideal client, they're already congregated in certain places online. Go after those people. That totally makes sense. Yeah. You know, so so I, I completely understand uh, you know, where you're coming from. Uh do you ever do you ever use that strategy? What do you you guys you do real estate and insurance? You guys? Yeah, so we we uh mainly we're focusing on the insurance agency. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, one question I do want to ask you. So yeah. I got these shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you recommend for like trying to build out and and sell these shirts? Uh, I've true. never sold apparel in my life. So 
Shopify is a great place to start as far as selling it. And here's the thing. A lot of people who want to sell shirts, they, you're probably not interested in creating like a manufacturing facility. I, I'm guessing. No. Yeah. No. I, I, I'm probably not worth your time. So there's these sites called like Teespring and uh, there's Teespring uh, print, print, printify. There's a couple of them where you can sell it on their site and uh they will they will print and ship the product for you and you and you keep a percentage of the sales uh it's a good way for people like you to maybe sell the shirts but it's definitely like a low margin thing and i mean if i were you and you and you were really interested in doing it i might just get like 50 or 100 made from uh, like a screen printer and maybe and maybe ship them out because that way you just kind of keep the margin and you get the you get the information of the customer you get their email uh, but Shopify is by far the best place to sell products online. It's an amazing, it's amazing platform. Uh, have you heard, you've heard of Shopify before? Shopify for sure. Teespring. Yeah. I'm at, I actually have it set up on Teespring. You I have just it set have, up? I, yeah, I already have it set up. I mean, it was super easy. I literally yeah. uploaded the logo and it said, Oh, you can do cups and cell phone covers and all kinds of yeah, different yeah. things. Yeah. For someone like you, there's, there's absolutely no harm in doing that because if someone buys something, you get a little bit of money, but, but more importantly, they're going to be having a cup with your face on it and a shirt yeah. with your face on it. So if you can, you'd almost do that like for free. So you said earlier that the best way to do it is get a, get a girl. She wears the red shirt. Boom. So here's the issue, right? So I, I got these shirts made. Right. And, yeah. and I, I, I got my, gave it to my wife and she put it on. She's like, I don't know if I can wear this. I was like, why not? She's like, because for me, your faces tend to be <laughs> right where right I get the and, and you know, I, and I was like, yeah, that's probably true. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know what I should do is I should find a girl with like huge and just give her the shirt and take pictures there and be like, you should order this shirt. <laughs> hey, that shirt's perfect. Yeah. Maybe you can make like a, like a boob reference in there, there somewhere. Exactly. Right? That'd be Don't funny, be a man. Boob. Go <laughs> listen to the business bros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Come go knocking on the door for business or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, we but don't yeah. want to be business boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be great. And uh, I, I'm always, I like, I always think it's interesting if people would buy shirts for the podcast they love. Like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 like, I love Joe Rogan podcast per se. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. if I'll buy a Joe Rogan shirt. I don't know, but. It's almost like you can you can have them and you can like maybe give them to guests and give them to people and also sell them. And if it's no work for you, uh, from if you know if you're using uh, Teespring, Teespring, yeah, no work for you. If someone buys them, it's, it's pretty much no harm, no foul, which is cool. And it's like promotion every time someone wears them, and it might be worth uh, testing and running a couple uh, cheap ads. One to learn about the B 2 C, just to expand your knowledge and skills and business and your talent stack of things you know how to do. And uh, two, you might get some sales, and 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 three, uh, you have some girl with big knockers wearing your shirt, which is great promotion for you. Can't complain there. Cannot <laughs> complain there. All right. So what's next? What do we got next going on for uh, for Lowry Brands in general? Uh, well, I wanna I wanna I wanna grow this business to be a hundred million dollar business, uh, and we got a long way to go. We're about we're 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 about we're about a five million dollar business, and we could easily. Here's the biggest problem I'm having right now in business. Uh, we can easily double, but we, we have to keep up with the production. Uh, we have, I need to get a bigger building. Like we are held back that we can't get out. Cause, cause 
we have to produce the product because we sell personalized products. That's the thing about monograms. Every single item that we sell is personalized and unique, which is great because it gives us a competitive advantage to Amazon or somebody in their dorm room who wants to sell shirts or uh, Teespring. It, it gives us a competitive advantage that everything we sell is unique. Uh, but the downside is, is that we have to do it all in-house. And I like building that up because I think that'll be a huge advantage. And maybe one day I could be the Teespring if I have the back end. Uh, but right now I'm just focusing on uh, on just on just doubling and tripling and quadrupling the business. And I want to build this to be a $100 million thing. That's my very specific revenue goal that I have in my head for the next 10 years. And the cool thing is if... Uh, the monogram business kind of maxes out at any point. I want to bring back the other brands. And with our equipment that we have, we can we we can print anything. We have digital printers. We have embroidery machines. So we can we can start other brands. We can maybe fill orders for other people, maybe people like you who just want to sell some online. The the opportunities of that we can have are huge. And I'm not focused on them right now, but I am building the facilities to be able to do them. Uh, but I would I, I would love to have the problem right now of I need to figure out other other revenue streams. I need to figure out other paths. But we have so many sales coming in right now that my current issue is that I need to increase our production uh, output. And and everyone's at home shopping online right now. Uh, I thought that uh, I thought that this whole thing might might be 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 hard for us. But uh, I think people are at home shopping online, and our employees are all in their own stations, so they're socially distanced. So we're very lucky that the we've been we've been doing great. So I was focused. Ever consider uh, ever consider doing any masks? I had this idea. Um, I was like, somebody needs to do a mask thing, right? I mean, a lot of people are shipping out masks, but you need to donate them to specific places and have them do like little TikToks or whatever, like fully branded with your stuff, yeah. or have them do like a, a challenge, like you you send them a mask and they do like I don't know That's some cool. stuff. It's just, yeah. it's just a way to like offset the cost of creating them and sending yeah. them out yeah. to well, get that kind of publicity. I, so yeah, I've been kind of the mess in general. So we we usually we have uh unfortunately we have a bin of like items that got messed up. And we usually donate them. But this the last month we've been donating them to like this local place that uses them to make face masks. I haven't even been like promoting that, but we have been doing that for face masks. And it's I feel that if we were able to get face masks and decorate them. Right now, it's kind of weird to do because why would we take time to like decorate them when people need them? So I haven't really been thinking about the face masks, but as they, I hear they're going to be coming like a fashion trend over the next like year, a couple of years as this thing gets figured out. Uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting to think about maybe like a monogram or some type of decoration on the face mask. So I've been thinking about that. But my other thought on face masks right now is like, I think they look so weird, man. I just hate wearing them. And I know, I know it's like, I am with you on that. I, I feel, I, I feel freaked out when there's I a lot of people like, wearing them. I feel like I'm like, a, if I wore one into a grocery store, I feel like I'm gonna be like a fucking murderer. And like, oh, like dude, at least you have the option where I live. Like you can't go into the grocery store if you're not wearing one, really? like they won't let you in. So yeah, yeah I heard that. I heard that. That's so. that's madness, dude. dude that's it's, madness. It's, honestly, like this is probably not PC, but face masks just freak me out, man. They freak me out, and I feel yeah, I feel same. uncomfortable when everyone around wearing face masks. And I've gotten a little more used to it, but I don't know. But I, I should like I, I would feel weird walking into a bank that way. Yeah, right? but even more a store, you know, gas station, whatever. It's just kind of awkward. Totally. I just I hate I hate them. Like the way they look, it just creeps me out. It feels so like 
unsocial. I don't Hannibal know. Lecter's Hannibal yeah, Lecter's exactly. Style. Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if, uh, if, if this, you know, comes to an end sooner and in a year or so, no one's wearing them anymore. Obviously I care about health and all that, but just the look of them, man, it freaks me out. So we'll Dude. see what, we'll see what we do with face masks. I don't know. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, thank you very much for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun getting to know you, getting to know your brand. Uh, I, I, 100% admire the hustle, but even more so the vulnerability where you're able to share, like, this is where I stepped in it. Like, yeah. this, is, this is what I did. This is, I'm not perfect. There's nothing I did that I knew hundred percent it was going to win every single time, but I did yeah. it and I, and I continued and went forward. Yeah, man. I'm an absolute idiot. Like I'm an idiot. Uh, and, and, and I say that in a way to tell that to myself as a reminder. And you know, I'm a smart guy. I figure stuff out, but like, it's a great approach to bring to business that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not always right. I'm not a genius. I'm vulnerable. And I love talking about uh, my mistakes. It's like a battle scar. You know, they say chicks dig the battle scars and you know, you like look like a badass if you have like a scar on your face and you're like a war wound. If that's true for chicks and looking cool, why isn't that true for business? I think that too many people have failures and are embarrassed about them. And that's a bad way to be. You want to be somebody who's vulnerable because then going forward, you are more likely to admit to yourself when you're doing something wrong. Therefore, you make better business decisions and you're not destroyed by your own bias. And, oh, I thought of this idea, so I have to stick with it. No, it's great to make fun of yourself. And it's great to just be like, I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that is something that all business people can achieve great things if they talk to themselves and are honest with themselves and notice when they do things wrong. And I just think that is a great approach for all business people to take. Business people, real people, live people, anything you're doing in life, the, uh, the humbleness in the mistakes is where you, where you find the most growth. Sean, again, man, thanks for coming on the show. Really sure. appreciate you taking the time. I know it's late out there. Uh -huh. so I'm respect your time. Ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys all today. Right, thank Peace. You. Peace out. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now. Or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.